Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We're a podcast about board games where we have opinions and conclusions formed on the basis of incomplete information. This episode is brought to you by the great people at Gamesurplus.com, where you can find the current hits, the classics, and the hard-to-find titles. Let Carmen and Elaine find your games and receive free shipping for all contiguous U.S. shipping orders over $120. Remember, Gamesurplus.com, great people, great selection, and great prices. And in Canada, amazing stories in Saskatoon. If you're in the Saskatoon area, come by the store for Friday night board games, play and receive 20% off the purchase of any board games in the store. Amazing Stories Comics is the winner of the Joe Schuster Award for Best Comic Retailer in Canada and nominated in 2016 for the U.S. Eisner Spirit of Comics Retailer Award presented at Comic-Con. Welcome, I'm your host Norm, and on this episode, Ryan and Ian are going to talk about Container 10th Anniversary Edition and Star Wars Rebellion. What is a Cardboard Cohort? Well, Cardboard Cohorts are board gamers banded together who support and inspire one another and become colleagues and friends in the board gaming community. And with that being said, we would like to support the good, the bored, and the ugly. They have a podcast on iTunes, and they record weekly live stream YouTube content. So please check them out. Welcome to Cardboard Conjecture. We have a real special guest on for us tonight. Uh, you may know that Norm and Luke aren't around, so I'm going to... Swing it on over to longtime board game friend, Ian Osmond. Hello. Welcome, Ian. You, I know you've been chomping at the bit of here for a little bit to try to get onto the show, so uh, here you are. Uh, yes, here I am. Um, yeah, so my name is Ian, and I'm the guy who is responsible for getting Ryan into board games, I think. Oh, uh, is that right? I, 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 th- I think that's true. You're, you're, you're the reason <laughs> why my wallet hurts sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, we invited Ian on. He's been a listener from the show for quite a while now. He thought it would be really kind of cool okay, if you want to share his thoughts. Because, yeah, because he, he, like, like I said, he's the one who got me into the hobby. He's been in the hobby a little bit longer than I have been. So, uh, so Ian, uh, what have you been playing lately? Well, um, last weekend I played Scythe, oh, which I know you're a big fan of. I, I love Scythe. And we actually played the Rise of Fenris campaign, the, the first uh, the first game. Oh, I'm so jealous. I haven't even cracked open. Oh mine no, yet. I thought you had. Oh, I haven't cracked it open yet. No. Uh, well, I will say the first game is basically Scythe, <laughs> so <laughs> you can tell you, they kind of give you hints of what's going to come up, and there's just a couple little tweaks that they add to it. Um, but so far, it's just Scythe. But I think it's going to be really cool. Like it's. Because I like Scythe. It's a really, a really Oh, yeah. No, game. it's a really fantastic game. I can't wait to get into my campaign. I have also been playing Scythe, um, but in kind of a more non-traditional format. I've got it on... I downloaded it on Steam, and so I've been kind of playing the digital version, which I might say plays a lot faster than an actual oh, in-person I game. I can bang out a game in like 30 minutes, and that's with like online 
player. Like I'm not playing against an AI. These are like actual people that are also online. Oh, are they? Yeah. So oh, we're, we're, all, cool. we're all playing in real time. And, uh, yeah, like a game only lasts like about like 30 minutes, 40 minutes of players like taking a real long time to because the computer just automates everything for you. So like, hey, yeah. I want to produce resources. Click this X, click this X, produce resources. Okay, can you do your bottom action? Nope. Okay, next turn. And it's just, yeah, it's really fast and really smooth. Highly recommend it if you can't get the actual Scythe game to the table very often. Um, it is a little bit of a pricey download. It's about $20. So what would a normal Steam download be? What are we looking like, like price wise, ten dollars for a game usually. Yeah, I would say about yeah, that ten yeah. to fifteen, so the twenty bucks. And at the same time, I was also weighing back before that I was going to download Scythe or if I was going to download Terraforming Mars. But I heard Terraforming Mars has got like bugs and it's like oh, yeah. a horrible implementation as of right now. So, ah, Scythe is good is a good choice. Plus, you can have multiple games going on at the same time if you want. If you try to <laughs> rack your brain, and everything. <laughs> Anything else you've been going hitting the table for you? Uh, not too long ago, we got in a game of Puerto Rico, which is a classic. Oh, yeah. Norm loves that one. Yeah, that is one of my favorite games. And we actually played with the new buildings instead of the old ones. So I've got the deluxe edition Puerto Rico. And fancy, fancy. <laughs> it is fancy. <laughs> I love it. And it has the two expansions inside the box already. And so one of them is just all new buildings. So we were trying to decide how many of these new buildings should we add. So we just decided all of them. And it was pretty cool because we know Puerto Rico really well. We've played it a lot. Mm -hmm. um, but having all new buildings and just basically, is, we're basically starting from scratch. And that was that was pretty neat. Well, yeah, that's kind of cool. I've never played with the new buildings. I also have the deluxe version, but uh, I've, I've never busted out the new buildings just because i always thought puerto rico was so good the way it was it is but it's nice to switch it up especially when you come so familiar with it so oh yeah how many plays of puerto rico would you say you've had in your days oh that's a good question <laughs> i 30 to 40 maybe. oh wow yeah great um i got a n new little game not really festive um just because it's based off the hansel and gretel children's stories and everything but the new phil walker harding um, game called Gingerbread House, and he's the guy who does Sushi Go. Oh yeah, and, okay. And and um, there he had another game. Oh, did you play Baron Park with me? The Bear Park yes. game. Yeah. He did that game as well. So it's kind of in that same vein where it's a really really simple little tile laying game, and the the tiles that you lay allow you to collect gingerbread, and there's like three different types of gingerbread or four different types. I can't remember right off the top of my head. And pretty much all you're doing is you're collecting these gingerbread to complete recipe orders and collect points and there's the game it's very simple well there's not a lot of christmas themed games so <laughs> you gotta go with what you got i guess yeah and the, the, the neat thing about this one is that you're only limited to like this little three by three grid so you end up stacking your tiles on top of one another so it actually kind of looks like a house oh, okay after oh, a while because cool. you'll end up being about four or five i think even one night i got it up to six levels high Everything got little staircases that you put into your. Yeah, <laughs> it, it, it's kind of kind of neat. It, it's it's a very simple. It's not a gamer's game, but but I think when my kids get a little bit older, I think they might enjoy it because it's fairly simple. Oh yeah. But but Gingerbread House, uh, worth checking out if you're into like the, the kind of the fairy tale kind of universe and everything like that. Okay. 
Uh, let's go one more. Let's go see what, if, if you're playing anything else. One more. Well, I played something with you, Ryan. Yes. And we are both part of Pandemic Legacy. And we did the whole first season. And now we're into season two. Which has kind of been a, a little bit longer. It is <laughs> tough. <laughs> oh, my gosh. This one's kicking our butts, folks. Okay. So, listeners, Ryan and I are both pretty strong board gamers and we play with two other guys in this campaign and they're both also very experienced very good board game players we, we don't have, we don't have really any we don't have any dum-dums at the no. table <laughs> and we are just getting kicked <laughs> like it is hard i think we're what may, months are we in uh we just wrapped up may we're into june okay and i think we've won twice <laughs> Or that maybe is correct. three times. I don't know. We almost had to open up the box where if we lo- if you lose four times in a row, yep, it says we were, open up this thing. It was getting we close. lost three in a row, but we didn't lose the fourth one in a row. It is definitely harder than the first pack. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, there's something about this one. The, the, the story's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's a little bit of different twist on the pandemic. Instead of um, trying to take things off the board, now you're trying to keep things on the board, you're trying to keep things populated and resourceful and... I I thought that was that was that was kind of neat. And that gets tougher to do every month, I think. Yeah, because it. Uh, uh, no, I won't get into it. No, we better not. <laughs> well, it's been out for a year. If it's been out for a year, is it still spoilerish? Oh, I think we better not. Okay, I'll, I'll, okay. Well, well, think about it this way: it's taken us this long to play it, so <laughs> probably somebody else is having the same issues. Uh, folks, if you have any, if if there's any listeners out there that you know you're finding success with Pandemic Legacy, give us a give me a shout or something like that because. I want to know how to make this a little bit easier <laughs> for us. Uh, my last game that I've been getting a, a plays in of is uh, my new favorite game of the year, which is Root. Yes, you've been talking about this one a lot. And um, I just mainly got some plays in, even just today, too. Um, the past three weeks at my board game club, I taught some of my grade 12s how to play Root. And so we've been playing Root on and off for like the past like three weeks. And... They are digging it. It is so much fun. I have finally played all four factions. Oh, yeah? So which is your favorite, would you say? Um, The Woodland Alliance. They're the guys that start the game with nothing on the board. And you kind of have to spread. You, they, They're the ones that you say you have to spread sympathy. And then eventually they get to go into a place where they have some sympathy and blow everything up. And then they start creating their presence. And it's just really, really cool. Yeah, you, 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 I think you would dig this one. We yeah. need to bring this one out to a game night. Yeah, I'll have to give that one a try. Yeah, the the, the teach, I think I got the teach down now for it, how to go through, because all four factions play completely different. But uh, I think I got the teach down to like under like 10, 15 minutes now, which I think is not, which is not bad. Yeah, not bad. It's not bad. I've and, heard a lot of people have trouble teaching the game, so that's good. Yeah, they have troubles with, you have those um, completely asymmetric games, anything like that. All right, so that's kind of a insight into Ian and I's recent recent plays. How about let's deep dive? Let's deep dive into some of our feature games that we're going to want to talk about. Uh, and Ian, what what would you like to talk about today? Uh, I think I'm going to talk about the game Container, and this is a game that came out in I think 2007, but it was released earlier this year and kind of like a big fancy. Yeah, the big like tenth anniversary. Tenth anniversaries, I guess that makes big, sense. Yeah. Uh, or some people refer to it as like the jumbo edition. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I so I bought that this summer, and I've managed to get a few plays in, and it is cool. It's a good game. So it's from Mercury Games. Uh, it is a three to five player game. I I don't know. 
I think you want at least four players. At least four? I think you want at least four players. That's the sweet spot. Yeah. Uh, it says, the box says 75 to 90 minutes. I think 90 minutes is, is about fair. Yeah, so it's not, so it's not a long, it's not like a super long no, game. No, no. Not super, okay. It shouldn't be, anyway. <laughs> so, you, the goal of this game is you get to be a shipping container boat captain, which is the dream, right? That's what we all want to be. I know, that's what I signed up yes. for, high school. <laughs> Come on. And so, the goal is to get these as many shipping containers as you can with a little twist. I'll get to that later. So to get these shipping containers, they go through a whole process. First, they have to be produced in factories. And there's five different types of goods in these containers. So they're just colored and you can call them whatever you want. So like brown could be sand. Um, We call the purple ones hot pants. (laughs) So for our Simpsons fans out there, you'll get that reference. You gotta love the hot pants. (laughs) Um, so they get to meet, be made in the factory. Then somebody has to buy them from the factories and put them in a harbor. Once they're in somebody's harbor, someone can sail a ship into the harbor and pick them up on their ships. Then they sail the ships to this central island and then they're sold off for auction. So there's a series of steps the containers have to go through before you can actually get the containers for yourself. Which would makes sense i would think that these same processes may have to actually happen when you actually are say a ship captain and you're taking right. all these things but here's the really cool part about it is that at every step you are reliant on other players doing what you want them to do this is a highly interactive game and it's all about player driven economy that's why this game is so cool in my opinion because when the players the players have to produce certain colors from their factories and then they set the price for how much they're going to sell it for so if somebody's if i'm selling my purple hot pants at three dollars and somebody else decides to make them and sell them for two dollars well i'm out of luck because obviously everyone's going to go get them from the two dollar (laughs) guy then the same thing happens if you buy them from the factory and they go into the harbor well whoever bought them and put them in their harbor, they get to set the price now. Mm. And then somebody has to pick them up in the ship. But when they go to, to the Island, sail them to the Island. Now there's going to be an auction. And so all the players get to take part in this auction. So whatever they've got on their ship is up for sale. So basically you can't get the containers that you want on your own. You're reliant on other people, either producing them, buying them or putting them on their ship so you have to kind of manipulate the system so other people are doing what you want them to do that that's that's really cool almost kind of like race for the galaxy-esque where you're trying to predict and you're trying to want you want somebody to do something yes and really really banking on them doing that so that you don't have to take that action yourself kind of what it sounds like that's right yeah, and you can't do the actions in some... Because you... Here's the thing. You can't buy from your own factory. And you can't pick up ships from your own harbor. Your ship is not allowed in your own harbor. Mm. So you have to rely on these other people to do it. So it's really cool. There's a couple twists. Oh, so I like twists. So like I said, there's five goods. But everybody gets an order card. And so basically, all the different five goods are worth different amounts. And it's different for everybody. 
So if the gray goods might be worth $10 each at the end of the game for me, but they might only be worth $2 at the end of the game for you. So we are all trying to get different containers. Here's another twist to that. You have to throw out at the end of the game whatever you've collected the most of. Because (laughs) they're they're in excess. They're worth nothing if you have too much of them. So you want your highest one to actually be the one you've got the second most of at the end of the game. Ah, it's kind of like that Reiner Knizia type of thing where it's like, hey, it's like it's almost like it's not your lowest score that scores, but this one is like it's your second highest. Yes. Oh, that's kind of neat. Yes. And what that does is that kind of hides your objectives to the other players, right? It's not as obvious what color you're going for. And it's pretty cool. It's a pretty neat neat idea. Oh, right on. So uh, tell me, tell me about the components in container. Sure. So the components um, in this version, this is of course the new version, the box is like really heavy. <laughs> and the reason for that is because the ships are like these massive ships. I think they're seven inches long and they're, they're basically like children's toys ships. And they've got these little containers, which are probably, I don't know, two inches long and wow. they fit right on the containers here's the thing when i got this game there are i don't there's probably 80 or so of these containers in all different colors they individually wrapped each one in its own little baggie i had to unbag 80 <laughs> of these containers <laughs> from their own little mini bags that that that, that is awesome yet frustrating at the exact same time <laughs> <It was> frustrating <laughs> yes um, so someone were to pick this one, so the, now, so now people can now be forewarned. If you're going to go pick up a copy container, you're going to unwrap yep. a eighty little plastic. Put some time aside. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. The uh, the boards are basically everybody's got their own player board with um, their own factories and their own harbors, and I mean they're pretty plain, like. But I don't mind. Like I, I'm not somebody who needs fancy, elaborate boards every time. It's mm. standard. It's utilitarian, and it's it's functional. It's functional. It works. <clears throat> so we've got the money are basically like cards. They're not paper money, which I don't mind. I like paper money. I'm going against the grain on that one. I Gotta like go, paper go, money. Go back to your childhood. <laughs> what do we? Uh, everybody had Monopoly paper money it's nostalgia yes and but he but it works with the cards because the the interesting thing is everybody gets a card of money that's zero dollars the reason for that is because when you are bidding for these you can fake it out right you can Mm. show that you're putting in some money but it could actually be nothing because you've got the two zero dollar notes so that's pretty cool i think that was a pretty cool aspect too the um, factories and the warehouses, which you have to buy in order to produce or store goods. So you have to have factories to produce to produce the goods. And you have to have warehouses to store them in your harbor. Um, they're, the warehouses are basically big blocks of wood. Uh, the factories are you know, nothing special either. But again, they work. Mm. And they get very expensive the more you buy them. So the prices increase as you buy oh, them. Like, so they, are they like on like a little player mat and they have like a little cost? And they yes. say the next one to unlock, the next one to unlock. Yes. I, I like that. I so if like you that. want to fill up your factories, it's going to cost you a lot. 
And here's the thing about money in the game. You don't come by it easy. Ah, tight. Yes, it's almost a zero-sum game. So it's almost a case where the money that you start with is the money in the game. And it just goes back and forth between the players. But not completely. There's a little bit of money that comes in the game with the auctions. So with the auctions, what happens is whoever ships sales it there, everybody else bids. Whoever gets the highest bid, let's say I bid $7, it's your ship. You now have the choice. You can sell them to me for $7 or you can pay $7 and take them yourself. Mm. But if you take the money from me, you also get a subsidy from the government. So basically you get money from the bank. That's the same amount. So you would get $14, which in this game, doubling the amount of money you get for that is huge. Because now you're swimming in money. Yeah, and now you're funding your future absolutely. endeavors. Yeah. So it's it's a really great game. The The new version is um, really cool. Those ships are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you almost have trouble trying to find places for them to be go on the table. Um, the board and everything works. The containers are really cool. And the strategies you use are really cool. Because you can do a whole bunch of different things. Oh, the first time we played this, my wife, Kimberly, who is a economics major, she's got an economics degree, she, she just kicked our butts. Was, did, she, did she trounce you? She did. Because she saw exactly what was happening. She knew exactly what we wanted. And so basically, she met our demand with supply. What she did is she didn't worry about making anything or buying anything. She just picked things up with her ship, <laughs> sailed them, and she got a bunch of money from us because we all wanted what she was getting. So she just shipped. Ship, ship, ship. Pick stuff up all over the place. The next game, that didn't work because everybody kind of caught on to that. So the next game, I decided I'm just going to go hard on factories and produce like crazy. So everybody was buying goods from me. And I just happened to have money. They all gave me money and I had them at the right time to buy the right auctions. So there's a whole bunch of ways you could go. You could focus on, on producing. You could focus on your harbor. You could focus on shipping. You could focus on just um, buying all the right auctions at the right time. It's a really cool game. It, it, it is, is it beneficial to specialize, like focus your areas? Or do you have to maybe dabble in like maybe a couple of those, of those areas? In order... You do because you need... You need to have some income, or you sometimes need to get things moving a little bit more, mm. right? You're saying they're not picking up enough brown goods. I need to get them into my harbor so people will pick them up, things like that. But I think specializing is going to be beneficial. Okay. I think if you focus more on one thing, I think that will be beneficial. Oh, sweet. So, uh, so how, so how did you learn this game? Did you read? Did you read the rule book? How, how, how's the rule book? To, to teach somebody this game well i don't think i messed up any rules and so for me that's saying something <laughs> so yeah uh, you got it right almost the first try I think so so that's pretty good i think i think the compliments should go to the rule book for that sweet uh yeah so container is this one this, this so something that norm and i have, have started talking about on our shows is this is this something that's going to stay on your shelf it is but I'm not a good barometer for that because I don't get rid of games. <laughs> no, I, yeah, let's preface this. Uh, when, when Ian invests time and money in, into purchasing a game, it, it's on that shelf for, for 
pretty much it. He's done his research. He's known what he's wanted. Um, he he curates his collection very very carefully. He's he's not he's not he's not a, he's not a, a Ryan of the world. Where just like let's just let this thing, uh, the shelf explode and go into <laughs> overflow and, and and all that and everything. So, um, this must be a testament to this game that he is actually bought. He he bought it, and it's gonna stay on the shelf. We've gotten some really good reviews. I can't wait to play. I still have yet to play this one. Yeah, we'll play it. Yeah. And here's the thing though. It's out of stock, basically. Not quite. I'll get to that in a second. But I just read a message from Mercury Games that they are not reprinting it. Oh. So it's going to get rare, and it's going to... So, 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 they, so they, they, they're going to create the Puerto Rico thing again. Yes. Where it's like, hey, if you want this anniversary edition, everything, you're going you're gonna to have to go on like the secondary board game black market. Right. Uh, awesome. So... Let's go from one big box game into another big box game. That seems to be I, I, I kind of we kind of picked the the theme here to be big box, probably not as heavy like physical heavy just because of the components and everything. Um, but I'm going to jump into uh, a, a game that I actually just I've played a few times, and my board game geek secret Santa Ooh. sent me. Um, sent me this year, which I was like super great. Like when I opened up the box and I saw what was inside, I was like, "What?" Like this, this Secret <laughs> Santa, he he went above and beyond the Call of Duty. So keeping you guys in suspense here, the game that I received was Star Wars Rebellion, which is a fantastic, fantastic game. I, I've only ever played this with Ian. Oh really? You haven't played this otherwise. I haven't played this with anybody else oh. other than with Ian, so th- that's why I also kind of chose to do a deep dive on this one because it was one that I have actually played with Ian. Excellent. Really. So and here's secret. I was your secret Santa. No, I wasn't. <laughs> I was like, you should have seen my family. Like, what? Really? <laughs> the the way he interacted with me on Board Game Geek, I wouldn't have been surprised. <laughs> actually. Um, so Star Wars Rebellion, it, it's it's a fantasy flight production, which which might say a lot of anything. So you imagine there's going to be lots of really really nice components, nice thick cardboard, miniatures galore. Yeah. Um, it, Star Wars, it came it came out only only a couple years ago now. I think it was a 2016 release. I think so. So that it was, so it's, it's fair. It's fairly new still. Like when you talk about board game board game terms it's still a new game um so star wars rebellion it's what we're doing is we're reenacting um some of the iconic scenes from the from the original star wars trilogy which is really cool and i would say that this this game has been one of the better implementations of of trying to keep true to that star wars lore yeah i would say so this is kind of the star wars game i would say this is the quintessential star wars game um, if Luke was here, Luke Luke would be beaming. This is one of his top favorite games oh, yeah. of, all, of all time. This one, and I believe uh, War for the Ring, which is the Lord of the Rings um, kind of right. version of this game, though it came out first. Um, so in Star Wars Rebellion, mainly this is played as a two-player game. I know there are rules for if you want to play a, a, a team base, like a two versus two. But essentially, it's a two-player game with one side controlling the Imperial forces, the dark side, and other 
playing as the Rebel Alliance, the light side, the the the, the good the good guys, and it's kind of this uh, I kind of kind of it's kind of like a cat and mouse, yeah, uh, definitely a, a, a chase and everything. So the main goals of this game is that the rebels are going to have a secret hidden location. The the, the board is massive. Um, it's kind of like two boards slid together. It's and basically it's... two different board games, like two regular board game <laughs> boards. So have a big table. Yeah, it's it, yeah because it's two um, two-fold um, boards, and they once you open both of them up and you shove them together, and you got no table space now. No. And it's all made up of all like the of the iconic planet systems um, from the Star Wars universe. Like you, you've got you've got them all. You got Dagobah. You've got Endor. You've got uh, Tatooine. You've got Coruscant. And Naboo, everyone's favorite. Oh, of course. Too soon? No. I, <laughs> no, no one likes Naboo. <laughs> and so what the Rebel does is he chooses one of these systems. Doesn't have to be Hoth, <laughs> even though it's cool. Uh, see what I did there? Hoth is cool. <laughs> uh, chooses one of these systems to be their, their, their Rebel base. And the Imperials... What they're trying to do is they're trying to muscle themselves around the, 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 the universe and try to discover the rebel base and pretty much take over and destroy the rebel base. Yeah. That's their goal. And the Rebel Alliance, their goal is just to try to buy time. They 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 are more so of, of, of sneaking around, um, trying not to initiate in combat. Their their troops are quite a bit weaker. Um, but they're going to kind of shift around. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to complete missions. And these missions are going to kind of move their token track down this in, in a reverse from the uh, the round track. Yeah. There, there, there's a round track that it will progress forward as, as the rounds go on. And then the Rebel Alliance, they have a little token that is on the opposite side. And as they complete missions, they can either move one, sometimes two spaces towards that time track. Right, because the longer the game was on, the more chance that the Imperials will win. So you want to, the Rebels want to shorten the game as much as possible. Uh, yeah, and so they do that by completing by completing their missions. Uh, gameplay is actually really, I, from, for, uh, for a nice big epic game, the, the gameplay is actually relatively smooth and simple. Yeah. Um, what every, both sides do is they, they start off with a starting set of what they call leaders. They have these little standees that represent all these iconic figures throughout the Star Wars um, Star Wars universe. So the rebels, they'll, they'll, they'll start with like uh, um, Princess Leia and Ma Mothma. And uh, the Imperials, they'll start with Darth Vader and Grand Moff Tarkin and yeah. some, some, of those other, some of those other folks. And then what you do is you have a, a hand of cards. Um, and they're they're kind of like your they're your mission cards, yeah. They're, those ones are your mission cards. I don't remember the nomenclature t- anymore. Oh my but goodness! Yes, I think so. Yeah, they're your mission cards. So at at the beginning, this this thing's called the assignment phase, where you can either assign your leader to go on a certain mission, or you can just keep your leader back into your what they call your leader pool, just to maybe mess up the other player. Everything. So I can lay down. So the rebel player lays down all of their leaders and their missions and then the imperials get to kind of react they'll assign leaders to missions or not and then the then the action phase starts whereas i can activate one of my missions which is i flip it over i read what it does i do what it does where the rebels are going to try to accomplish a mission or try to spread their sympathy 
across the across the 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 galaxy and if i go on a mission and i say want to spread some sympathy if the imperials have a leader that's not assigned to a mission they can oppose it which is really kind of cool right yeah so like every mission is going to have some sort of some sort of um trait to it and all the leaders have varying degrees of these traits i can't remember all of them off that side like there's some like but there's, there's diplomacy diplomacy power. strength and so if i play a diplomacy mission maybe i'm going to put a princess lay on there because she's got more diplomacy um she's going to go on that diplomacy mission now as the imperial player they can oppose that mission which means they will send a leader that's not assigned to a mission already to that system and now we have to do kind of like a we have to do a check who's got the who's got the better diplomacy in order for this mission to succeed. So then it comes down to a dice roll. Yep. I love I, I love it. it <laughs> complete randomness, but the number of dice I get to roll depends on how many di- of those diplomacy icons I have and versus the number of diplomacy icons the imperial player has. Roll the dice, whoever rolls the most successes wins and then what well, the mission will either go off or the mission will fail. Um, other things you can do with your leaders is that you can actually just go and activate a system and if you've got troops and ships which if I haven't said already there's lots of troops and ship miniatures in this game which look really 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 cool yes um, especially those death stars the death and, stars are awesome especially the half-built death star that's my favorite oh that, that's so cool yeah the, the the death star in waiting yep uh, so you can activate a system and then you can just move some troops. Um, a lot of the ships have a carrying capacity. So like if you have like your trans your transporters, they can they can obviously um, carry more people or, or ships and like like the X-wing fighters have to be carried um, on a transport to another system and then you can go and establish establish um, force in some other systems. And so really we're gonna do this back and forth back and forth for a number of rounds until either the Imperials um, find the rebel base and take it over or the rebels spread last long enough for that their token mages, reaches the round marker. And in that case, the, the rebels win. Um, there's a lot of other things that are going on in this game. There's um there's a production phase where it's like, if you control certain systems um, will allow you to um, build more ships Yes, and let me tell you, if you are the rebel player and you see all these ships that the Imperials make, that is intimidating because they they make a lot more ships than the rebels do. And they start the board with a lot more presence than the than the rebels do. And yeah, that's one thing that the Imperials are really good at. Then their production, they already have, they'll spread out quickly, and then their production is enormous. Yeah. Which is why some of the missions for the rebels is to go and sabotage those things. They they where they go and sabotage a system so that the Imperials can't produce anything from that system, which is uh, which is key. If you're playing as the rebels, you want to sabotage as much as possible so that they don't get any more things onto the board. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's go with uh, with go with, with the components here again. It's a fantasy flight production top quality top quality stuff the uh the little standees they're 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 really cool i'm actually glad they went with standees instead of miniatures i am also glad that they went with artwork and not like pictures from the movies so I, so true they still look like the character like it's 
Princess Leia looks like Carrie Fisher, but I, there's just something about the fact that it's artwork that just makes it feel a little bit more in the game as opposed to if it was a movie picture, it feels like it's just out of the game. Does that make sense? Kind, yeah, little... yeah, yeah, kind of. You can find I, I've seen this in other games too, where it's just like they just have those stills, and it's like, oh, that's kind of neat. It doesn't look good though. I don't think. Sounds yeah, you have to have the right graphic design in order to pull it off. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, the the artwork here, fantastic, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, those min, like we said, those miniatures, like the Death Stars, and they actually stand, they have a little plastic stand, and they yes. stand above. <laughs> above the the table it's so so cool uh other things with this one the boards the boards are nice there's there's actually not a lot for the amount of the size of the box um the components are actually really quite there's not as many components as you would think no there's a quite a few mm. cards a few different card decks and... oh yeah because it gives each the rebels and the imperials have their own mission decks and action card decks yeah everything Oh yeah, the re that you can in, we can recruit new leaders. Yes. You're not stuck with the the first four. So every now and then you'll get to recruit new people. So maybe Han Solo finally joins yeah. the join joins the fight, or Luke Skywalker is now a Jedi. So now it's Luke Skywalker Jedi instead yeah, of just Luke Skywalker. Fun, adding in the new characters. Uh, the the rule book. This one I have to say, um, even though I've played it quite a few times, I still went and I wanted to read through the rule book and. I, this is one of those typical fantasy flight things that they do is that they have two rule books. They have their learn to play, which is I I've talked about on this show before is kind of just that it's, it's just meant for, Hey, let's try to pick up the game and start playing it is what it's meant for. But it doesn't have all those little nuances, like the little timing things or what, what actually happens when you actually have combat Thing. So then they have their second rule book, which is called the Rules Reference, which all those other little things are in alphabetical order and detailed. It doesn't ever belief. feel like everything is in the place where it should be. Like it, it, it's structured weird, so that yeah. you always have to look in a different place to find out what you need to do. Yeah, it doesn't have good progression. I find no. The Learn to Play tells you what you need to do in the game. It's it's good at that. It tells me what I need to do and what I can do. But then I have to go to the rules references, figure out, okay, well, actually, how do I do this? Yeah. Everything like that. And, there, and there's always a whole bunch of little things. So I've never, I've vocally, I'm very vocal about this. I'm never a fan of the two rule book system. Um, Root does this as well. They went a two rule book system and it's, it's horrible. <laughs> it's so frustrating. I actually ended up watching videos again uh, uh, on, online just to try to figure out, and I'm like, oh, right. Okay, that's exactly how that is actually supposed to look. That's how it's supposed to work. I've only mm. ever had to do a rule video for a game once. That was Keyflower. Oh, really? I could not get Keyflower's rules of the book. I had to watch a video. Um, I've heard some people reference Agricola. I heard Agri I have not actually read the, the rule book for Agricola, but Agricola's rule book is supposed to be pretty hard to yeah, follow follow as well so there's our reviews of Keyflower and agricola <laughs> <laughs> but no star wars rebellion like i really enjoy this game i've played both sides imperial and rebel my game experience is that the imperials 
have won yes. mo- most most yes. of the games that that, uh, that I've played. Actually, all the games that I have played, the Imperials have won. I think me too. I, I don't think I've played where the Rebels have won yet. Maybe that, once. That's just, I think we just need to play... The, I just I, I think I just need to play with rebels a little bit more. Yeah, rebels need a little bit more experience so you understand what's important and what it is you really need to go for. Yeah, it's definitely if I was teaching this game to somebody who hasn't played it, I will let them play the Imperials because they are a little bit easier to play. Yeah, they, they are easier to play. Um, but the re- but the rebel the rebels can do so many cool things, like sabotage. Yes, <laughs> and. The Imperials don't have Chewbacca, so. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that was my best with the impression. <laughs> I know it's not the best. Um, so, yeah, in, in terms of my opinions about this game, this one, I, I know this one is not one that I've bought, but this one I believe is going to stay around for a while just because, A, it's a two-player game. That means there's a, a slight chance that my wife might play this. Though the the time length of how long a game may take, because our games have usually taken what about three hours? Yeah, not more than three. No, but... no, not more. It's like usually about that two and a half to yeah. three. Which for 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 Jen, it it kind of that's kind of getting up there for a single gameplay. Yeah, which is getting up there for a gameplay for a lot of people. Right. Not people that are like super hardcore like Ian and I, where we would like. What or even like me? Like I love playing Twilight Imperium. That's like six, seven hours of just pure space awesomeness. But I could see this game for people who are Star Wars fans. I could see them just sinking into it. Oh, every they may single... not be board gamers, but they may be big Star Wars fans that want a Star Wars board game, and this would be the game. Well, this is the game I highly recommend. Highly recommend. And the like, if they say if it was three, it doesn't feel like three hours. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Not it is you. You are so engaged when it's not your turn. You are so engaged of what the other players are doing and everything. Like the Imperials, like when they they have this action where they get to look through the the systems deck, where they're trying to narrow down where the rebels is. Yeah. And as the rebels, you're like, oh, I want. I just want to know what did he draw. I want to know what he knows. Yeah, and everything like that. So, yeah, Star Wars Rebellion, really cool game. I highly recommend it. It's staying on the shelf. Um, we should play this over the Christmas break. Yes, we should. That's a good idea. Yeah, we'll do we'll do a day of rebellion. I actually have War of the Ring, but I've never opened it. No. Oh. It's it's a used copy, so it's been opened, but I actually personally have not opened it. So we, and we should maybe compare the two. We should. That would be a good idea. Everything, Luke. You're gonna you're gonna teach us. I've already <laughs> voluntold you. <laughs> Perfect. So that's our All that's right. that's been our deep dives of container. 10th anniversary edition apparently is going to be hard to find sooner rather yeah. than later and if you're one of those people who has it on your shelf and haven't broken it out yet give it a go oh yeah don't don't be don't don't be those people where it's like oh now i've heard that's going to go out of print i'm going to keep it in the shrink wrap i'm <laughs> going to find somebody else that i can play no don't be that don't be that person and you know what even if you find the old copy somewhere for cheap like a used old copy of the 2007 copy i mean the game is the game so get it you don't you 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 don't need all that fancy stuff no 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 get that out of my face (laughs) yeah and star wars rebellion definitely this one's going to probably stay in print for a while it's kind of like now i think think it's a fantasy flight bread and butter game now um kind of want to get through more i heard that there's there's an expansion to this one too yes to to the rebellion kind of and, and like the rogue one 
kind of stuff, kind of introduce some Rogue One yes. characters and situations. And I, I've never played it, but I've heard that it makes the combat a little bit better. Hmm. I don't know how. And I don't actually mind the combat at all. Anyway, no, the, com- the combat is. I never touched it on the combat, but the combat is actually fairly simple. Yeah, it is. Everything you kind of whatever your leaders are, you get to draw some. Get to draw some tactic. I like that the tactic cards. Like if you're in space combat, then you got yeah. space combat cards, and then it's like a one-time use. You only get one. You like some leaders might get you two. Some leaders only get you one. Yeah. Some leaders even give you none because they're not experienced in space combat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and so yeah, and then it just comes down to a, a dice roll. Of just successes and failures and blocks. Yes. And it's really, really cool. Yeah. Also, the expansion adds Java, which would probably be worth it alone just to have yeah. Java. Yeah. I'm going to send out Java to foil the, imp- <laughs> the, 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 the rebel plans. Yeah. <laughs> right on. So that's our deep dives. Um, before we say goodbye for this particular episode, is, is, is there anything that you're hoping to get played within the next little while? Maybe be, over the Christmas break? To be honest, I just like to get out some games I just haven't played in a long time. Yeah. Like Cyclades, for example. <gasps> or Kemet. We Either haven't of those played would be great. We haven't played those in forever. No, and I'm kind of itching to play a game like that. Oh, I think Norm, wherever he is, he just when you when you said Kemet, I think he just went whoop. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah, we should. How about you? Is there anything you're itching to get to the table? Um, I think I'm in the same boat. There's definitely some older games that I really, really hope to get to get done. Um, but I'm really addicted to Arkham Horror, the card game. I, I mentioned this on our last uh, um, "What's Next in Line" episode, and so um, I'm really into the uh my the the, the first camp full-length campaign which is called the dunwich legacy i'm on uh i'm on to scenario i'm on to scenario three uh it's escaping me what the name is right now but uh, i've completed two scenarios so far and uh how many does uh, the game come with um so this is so this is a fan okay there's a Sponsored by Fantasy Flight Games. <laughs> this is a Fantasy Flight living card game. So um, what you do is you buy a, a deluxe expansion. So it comes with like some new characters and some new basic story and a campaign outline. And it only that only ever comes with like, two scenarios. And then they get you by having you have to buy these card packs, which adds on more scenarios, more cards that you can add to your decks. And so a full-length campaign will probably be like six or seven scenarios. Oh, okay. And so you have to go, you buy the deluxe expansion, and then you got to go and buy for like $15 the little card pack to keep the keep the story going type deal. So, yeah, they, 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 know, how, they know how to get you with those. <laughs> but I like it that's, oh, that that's probably another topic for another day and how, how they roll this out. I just rather just give me all of it in just one box. And then just let, me, just let me go. Don't let me have to make me buy six little dinky yeah. card packs. It work, It works for other games. Well, Ian, thank you for coming on to Cardboard Conjecture. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for picking up the slack of my other two co-hosts. <laughs> Not where, a problem. Where, uh, I think Norm said he's uh, at his daughter's dance class tonight and... Uh, Luke is a very, very busy family man and everything. I know I should probably be a busy family man myself. Well, your kids are in bed. You're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That they're, they're actually their bedtime is getting better and better. So Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, no no problem. Anytime. So 
now we have introduced the second expansion pack to the Cardboard Conjecture family. All right. The first was Luke. Hopefully we have Ian back on in a, in a future episode. So on that note, we will see you later. We are Bridge City Board Gamers, and you can find us on YouTube. You can follow us on Twitter at BC Board Gamers. Our Facebook page is Saskatoon Tabletop Games Community. And on Board Game Geek, guild number 3039.